Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Jake is going to come on. He's going to talk about how to rock your freaking TED Talk, how to pitch, how to perform, promote, and uh, how he got to a million plus views on a TED Talk. So definitely stay tuned because you are becoming your greatest possible self. Whenever you're ready to get your message out in a bigger way, like on the 12-hour marathon and podcast and do an interview, let's talk. Would love to support you any way I can in that. And then also when you're ready to launch your own podcast, your own platform, and get your message out, build your own bland, brand, bland, not bland brand, a epic brand. When you're ready to do that, let's talk. You can find me on facebook.com forward slash th3burns, Instagram at I am millionaire Chris, as well as email chris at beergps.com. I'm looking forward to talking to you about your vision, your mission, and taking it to the next level. Next up is going to be the iTunes review of the week. This week it's Hannah1125. Always a nugget. Chris shows up with such authentic interest in the guest and the audience. Every single show has a golden nugget that I can start implementing in my life right away. Feels like Chris really believes we can all become our greatest self and consistently shows us how. If this isn't in your ear, you are missing out on loads of inspiration, action, and your own greatness. Hannah, thanks so much for giving us that review. And if you want to get Shout it out on a future 12-hour marathon. Go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes. Give us a review or search Greatest Possible Self and look for us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and you can give us a review like that. And definitely subscribe while you're there to get all the latest updates and episodes of the show of the 12-hour marathon and podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for being your greatest possible self. I'm going to introduce Jake in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because these notes could change the rest of your speaking career destiny. So stay tuned all the way through to the end because one idea has the power to change the rest of your life. Jake, oh my goodness gracious, as a TEDx producer, he's organized 15 TEDx events with 250 speakers. 168 of these speakers sat down for an on-camera interview the moment they walked off the TEDx stage, creating a database for advice. Jake is the co-founder of Speaker Angel, a speaker marketing agency that helps social good entrepreneurs land bigger stages like TEDx and market themselves better through a powerful video reel, press kit, and one-pager. He has worked in filmmaking projects with speakers and traveled to eight countries doing so. The latest was helping TEDx speaker Joyce Tanian and her Water is Life Kenya project, which provides water to 50,000 Maasai Kenyans every single day. Jake is a radical or a racial, racial and gender equity equity activist. He has spoken several times and served on nonprofit boards for this, specifically around dismantling whiteness. And we are going to dive into an epic, epic conversation today. And we got Jake here with us. Jake, are you ready to rock the house, my man? Super ready to rock, Chris. So, so happy to be here. This is awesome, man. Your energy is contagious. Love it. 
<laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate you being here, taking the time to share with our audience. We are totally live on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. We're going to dive into the theme of today, which is authority, the power of authority. Jake, what does that mean for you, the power of authority? So for me, in relation to TEDx, the power of authority is the fact that you have an idea, you have a collection of experiences and, and knowledge and things that you've seen that is unique to everyone else around the world. And that's really what TEDx is. It's an idea worth sharing. So what gives you the authority? What have you seen? What have you done to be able to share this idea? Because if you speak with the people at TED, they want each and every TEDx talk to be different than the 140,000 that have happened before. So when I think of authority, I think of a unique idea to you. Wow. Powerful. Powerful, dude. I love it. Jake, this is great stuff. And already linking the TEDx and the authority, how you can build authority with that, have a unique idea. Let's dive into who you are, what you stand for, what your clients come to you for today. I mentioned it in your intro, but in your own words, share, Jake. Mm -hmm. So I've been on an interesting journey, background in engineering, and ended up in Vancouver, British Columbia, wow. six years ago. This is where the TED main stage conference is held. We'll talk about that later. But everybody knows about TED Talks. And then when I found out, oh, it's actually here. And wow, it costs $10,000 to have a seat in the audience. I need to get closer to this group. I need to be a part of this. I tried to get on the volunteer team for four years straight. It didn't happen. Wow. Imagine the waiting list. If you at such a prestigious conference, imagine that. And then when I moved back to Delaware, I went to University of Delaware. Mm -hmm. Talking to you here from Wilmington, Delaware. I know it's a real place, just in case no one's heard of it. But I found out in the time I had been away, TEDx Wilmington had started to bubble up. I missed about the first half because there's actually been 32 events in seven years with 490 speakers. Wow. And I showed up just in time for about the second half. That's where the 15 events and the 250 speakers came from. Yeah. And it didn't take long before I was volunteering and I told them I could make videos. I was doing it on the side, candlelighting with my engineering job. I'll go home and start video businesses. And this event changed my life in a way I had never been able to foresee. Mm -hmm. I would sit down with these speakers and interview them and they would pour their heart out. Imagine like the biggest keynote you've ever done, Chris, or a big thing that you've worked for three or four months, and then you made it. And then we share that moment together. And they cry, they say crazy things. And they say, wait, who are you again? And I say, I'm a budding entrepreneur and I'm trying to quit my job and I make videos. And they would say, you're my new video guy. And this has just put so many things in front of me. And like I said, I've been to eight countries with speakers. We changed our entire marketing agency to be branded around speakers. We realized that that's all we work with. Yeah. I go all over the place. I just got back from TEDx Harlem coaching a speaker. We went to events up and down the oh east. All gosh. these are TEDx. <laughs> up oh and down gosh. the eastern seaboard. I've probably been to 25 or 30. And it's just, it's just changed my life in such an insane way. And I'm a TED head. I love it. Ted, <laughs> that's rad, man. I love, I love the journey here and, you know, the start in engineering and just seeing the, what's possible with this community and in, in the audience and what they got going on and wanting to get involved. And then after years of like, Hey, like I'm, I'm wanting to get involved. How do I get involved? Show me the, show me the door and trying to find the door. You're like, 
well, you know, like, why don't I just go ask these these questions with people who are doing like the, these local events where I can get my foot in the door. And you found this passion of hearing their their story, their journey, their their emotion. They just like pour their heart out in that moment right after they step off stage. And you're like, man, this is this is the juice. <laughs> right? right. I mean, you know, it. interviewing people is fun. And it's a unique skill, actually, to be able to make them feel comfortable. I love it. I fall in yeah. love with it. Yeah. That's, that's incredible, man. So, um, I want to talk about those early stages of the, the marketing company and what were some of the biggest like lessons and wisdom of being able to serve these speakers to be able to market themselves more effectively, develop their speeches. Cause I know you have also hosted your own, um, TEDx events and organized, uh, your own TEDx events. So there's a lot of wisdom that you have to share, man. Let's start diving in. Yeah, I think we could take this a couple of different ways, but I really want to steer it in terms of there's people out there who the, the biggest value add here is that we've met so many people who have given a talk mm. and there's usually a journey to get there. I've heard of people applying 10 times. They have a great idea or they're not quite pitching the right thing. And over time, we've really figured out what it, what it takes to give a good talk, how you would pitch your idea and how you need to really figure out what is the right idea for you. Because Chris, entrepreneurs and, and social good nonprofit leaders and corporate titans, they all share this common plague. They're too interesting. They have too many good ideas. Yep. So which is the right one for you is the first thing to think about. Mm. Are you even the right fit for TEDx? And then of course, how you do it so well that you have a 1 million view worthy talk because marketing's really good and you have to have something good in order to market it and vice versa, something that's great with no marketing just lands flat. But you really need to have a triple A grade gold TEDx worthy talk. And then finally, the, the third part is how to market it. So one, two, three, how to pitch, how to perform it and how to promote it. So, so let's, let's dive into that idea conception phase because it sounds like that's where a lot of people might be at is knowing they have all these different possibilities. How do you narrow down on the one thing that you want to talk about and be known for? Yeah, that's that's the biggest biggest question. Um, how how do you know what the idea is? Mm. And I'll back up really quickly. There's a few housekeeping items that get talked about endlessly. I mean, people they uh, they say who who is Ted? Is it Ted Turner? Is it Teddy Bear? <laughs> there's there's no Ted. Ted has actually been around for 35 years. 1984, the first Ted conference was held by some person named Richard Saul Warman, who you have never heard of. No one has ever heard of this guy. And it went for six years, no events, and then it kind of teetered through the 90s. He didn't know how to make it successful. But the reason for its success is Chris Anderson, who bought it in 2001. And this thing is just ballooned. So mm. there is a Ted, and then there's TEDx's. Mm. And as you mentioned already, these are all independently organized. So there's only one TEDx London, one TEDx. Sydney, this type of thing. So they're all over the place. And uh, a lot of people say, how do I do a TEDx talk? It's always been my dream to be a TEDx speaker. And I walk away from those people, right? Because they haven't invested in what this is and the uniqueness around it. And again, like we mentioned, it's one unique idea, right? Change your mindset, change your life. Like that's not a new idea. That's not a fit for this, right? And so people, because that's another common one. So that's the other thing is you have to invest in the platform and figure out what it is. And then finally we get to, okay, what is the thing that is right for you to answer your question, Chris? And how I begin this, I mean, these, I have a conversation with someone daily about this and love it. And I say, okay, great. So where are you headed in your life and career over the next five years? Okay. Mm. Because I have a, you have to think about that. Your talk and your idea needs to align with where you're headed 
right now. Mm-hmm. Because I meet people who they say, you know, in 1993, the college I went to, I changed the standardized test policies to be able to get into that school. That's great. That's a good idea there, right? Mm-hmm. But she's in investment banking for a career. So like it doesn't, there's no match. Right. For someone local, I love her. She's a, she runs a media company and did a TEDx talk on food product, right? Like there's no next step. So if someone watches your video and then reaches out to you, it's like, oh, sorry, I can't help you with that next project, right? <laughs> but what, so where are you headed right now? Where are you headed in your life and business? Five years ago, you may not have wanted to do a, a TEDx talk for you, Chris, about the strength of podcasting or how right. podcasting. No, didn't even well, exist. Right? <laughs> so, but where are you right now? You know what I mean? So that's that's the, the starter. And then there's a triangle within that where you headed, which is your experience. So Ted only cares about two things. What is the idea and why are you the one for this idea, right? Hmm. So, so what, what, what is your background? What is your, what is your expertise? What are the projects you've worked on and the books you've written and these types of things? So you have to be an expert. And then again, where you're headed in the next five years, there's your passion. That's the step two of the triangle. Whatever you're passionate about, whatever you want more of right now, hmm. that's it. And then you have a unique story. That's the triangle. That's how you find this unique idea. No one else can replace your story. And in that triangle, there's an idea. There's a little bit more of a formula to figure it out. But this is how you begin to assemble the pieces that come up with your TEDx idea. Dude, this is gold. This is gold, Jake. And I, I really love the perspective of where do you want to be in five years? Like what, how do we want to position this so it accelerates our authority? Speaking of the the authority, you know, today's theme, how do we position ourselves to get more clients, to get more happiness, to make a bigger difference in the community that we want to be actively involved in, right? Because even if someone doesn't necessarily have a food business or a uh, health coaching business to be able to make a difference in the community of health and wellness that that person is in because it's important to them and they want to keep investing into that, then that would be a good talk to, to you know, cultivate or center around. Uh, but also I think that we have a lot of entrepreneurs, authors, and speakers who want to create additional clients from their speaking opportunities. So it's like, how do we do that more effectively? And how do we, where do we want to be? And then also what's our own experience? What's our own journey? And how can we uniquely be like a one of a kind that combines the two? Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. Yeah, this, this is gold, 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 gold. Okay, so that's the first phase is like the idea. Then how do you yeah. actually get onto a TEDx stage, man? Great, great question. So once you start to think about where you're headed, where your expertise is, and what pieces of your story can create your idea, mm-hmm. you start to envision it like it's a house. Like if you open up a dollar bill, I don't have any cash because we don't do that anymore. But on the back of the dollar bill, there's a house with all these pillars, right? Mm-hmm. So the house is the idea. And then you have a story, a research paper, a book, all these different things that hold up the idea. Mm-hmm. So you have to start to figure out what that is. And, and what you're doing is you're creating the through line around your idea. And when you can do this and then pitch your idea to an organizer, they will know that you have deeply invested in TEDx and what the platform is and what it's for. And typically these ideas help people. That's why we want to work with social entrepreneurs. But once you're there and you've started to construct the idea, you have to find TEDx events out there. There's a map. If you Google TEDx events, there's actually on TED.com, there's a map of every single active license. So none of this is a secret. It's all out there. A lot of people don't know where that map is, but that's the location. Um, And then you have to individually go to the organizer's websites like TEDx, uh, 
Santa Monica and 10X New York and all these, they each have a team that they're all independently operated. Some of them don't even have websites, small mm -hmm. ones. And then you have to basically know when the event is and be watching when they do a call for speakers. It could be three months away. It could be eight months away. Some don't invite any speakers. Uh, actually, my friend Sarah from TEDx Pittsburgh is coming into town right now. They only want to feature Pittsburgh speakers. Wow. We don't. We didn't. We had. We, we're Delaware. We can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> we had speakers from. I'm not kidding you. Sweden, Israel, wow. Australia, Alaska, all types of California. If we wanted to only feature speakers from California, we could have. Right. Mm. So, so that's it's finding the events, but the most important thing to do is to figure out your idea. It could take you a year mm. to get the right idea and and think about how you're going to present it and which stories you're going to tell. Mm. More time you think about it. I've been getting this question for two years. What's your TEDx talk going to be? Because I haven't done one yet. And until like the last three months, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it does take time. And, and you mentioned about the organizers. Um, how how easy is it to pitch to the organizers an idea or you know a, a talk? It, it, what's that process like? Great question. So every every organizer has their own website that they manage with their own team, and there's generally a either nominate a speaker or submit your speaker application. Hmm. And they're they're sometimes long to keep away people who aren't serious. But the typical questions are, "What is the idea?" And they might challenge you, like Ted does, and say, "Give give me 140 characters. That's it. So you get a line and a half." So you really have to have it boiled down to a consensus. You know, start with why. That was Simon Sinek's idea, the most watched TEDx talk of all time. Wow. And then it's what's your bio? And there's a lot of tripwires and snags for the social entrepreneurs out there. Because even if you are bringing water to 50,000 Kenyans every day, like Joyce, and you talk about your book or your business a little bit too much in your pitch, they're gonna, you're going to get cut. Because too many people don't invest in the platform. And they, they use it for marketing. They use it to elevate themselves. And it's not about the idea. So we're looking for reasons to slash applications. <laughs> and in terms of competition for little TEDx Wilmington, who, yes, we got 25 million views on total talks, 490 speakers, commands a decent bit of respect. But we had to go through 300 applications to get down to 25 or 30. That's how competitive it was. And we're not TEDx Sydney with a $4 million event budget, 12 cameras. Thing. What, so, what, so tell us more about um, the organizing the event. What was that experience like for you? What were some of the biggest lessons and takeaways from that? Yeah, so I'll speak for our license holder, which is Ajit George, because I wasn't around at the very, be very beginning. But when he started eight years ago, the first event, he had to beg, borrow, and, and ask people to speak because nobody really knew. It was only two or three years into it. So it was like five speakers to begin with, one event per year. And then the next year, it was six or seven speakers, still, I think, only one event per year. Mm. So you learn and you make a lot of mistakes. And we do see a lot of people who they start off, they do an event, and then that's the only one they do mm. <laughs> because they realize how much there was to it. And yeah. it's, it's coaching your speakers. You have all these volunteers. And it's, it's all the things that, that a regular event has, but you have to put your personal individual name on the line. It can't be your business, right? And you can't make any money from it, right? So there's all these other barriers. There's no financial exchange and you have to be personally accountable. So there's a lot of people who they're afraid of that and they do it and then they back away. But now they're, but now that it's 10 years in, because TEDx started in 2009, there's people who've been doing it for 10 years straight and they have 
crazy high profile events like TEDx Mile High in Denver, 5,000 person audience. Wow. Barber Santa Monica, Beacon Street in Boston is a great event. Hmm. So yeah, it's about building a team, building systems. Like we have all these speaker coaching systems that a lot of teams don't do. Like I love TEDx Harlem, Ken and, and Dan, who just threw this, but they haven't done one in seven years. And they didn't, they, it was like open rain on stage. And you yeah. can tell, right? You need to have a system for everything. Wow. Wow. And so what, how much of it does TED equip and supply the organize, organizers with? I'm really happy you answered you asked that because I may not have brought this up, but we actually see that as a huge issue. Ted might get mad at people, but if you're out there and you want to start a program or a, a something that trains TEDx organizers, you will be very successful because there are so few resources out there. They don't give you anything. There's a Facebook group. There's documentation online, like best practices, but there is no like, here's all the missteps that all these organizers did and tons of people go in debt five-figure debt because they swipe their personal credit cards because they can't have it be on their their business or their corporate whatever and then sponsors back out and they're left with like a ten thousand dollar venue right like live nations ten thousand dollars so so there isn't a whole lot there are a few things if it wasn't for knowing organizers that's part of the reason for this Mm -hmm. we didn't know people from all over the place who we could listen to their pain (laughs) then it would be hard Dang, man. So it's like really the power of networking is essential and going through these processes, not trying to reinvent the wheel. But for example, having a conversation with you, Jake, someone could like really put themselves on the fast track and avoid a lot of the bumps and bruises, mistakes and failures that people have experienced before them. Yeah, that's exactly right. We have a, a new awesome organizer here. Her name is Stacy TEDx Rosetree in Media, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. Mm. And she was introduced to us and we're helping her get started so that she doesn't go into that $10,000 debt accidentally or does some coaching for this for the speakers and has a great event. So, yeah, it's it is a little tribe, a little community out there. These organizers helping one another. That's and awesome. Ted's great. I have nothing bad to say about Ted, but Ted is running Ted. Right. Ted Ed is just a little part of Ted. Like Ted had a $66 million budget last year, and none of that goes towards TEDx. They only have 18 people in Manhattan who work on TEDx. So it's just not their focus. It's a project that has gotten crazy because they've done TED Clubs and TED Med and TED Global and TED Active. But TEDx is the thing that has really ballooned TED in a way. Why do you think now is this this age where TEDx is blowing up and, and getting really big? It's a great question. I think, you know, it takes five years to even tell if something is is really going to work. And, you know, you start that first business, that first organization, you get to the five year mark and you're like, OK, I'm halfway through the part where 90 percent of people die. <laughs> <laughs> even as a business, 90 percent of them don't make it to year 10. I think it's just been a decade of people watching or longer than a decade. Yeah. The first ones were uploaded to YouTube in 2006, only six talks. And it's just taken time for people to catch on. It's now household name if, if i meet somebody and i'm like you know ted talks and they say no it's like that conversation's over <laughs> it's just it's just taken time for people to to find it and it reached critical mass which i think was like a year or two ago mm-hmm. but now they're being used in university lectures high schools there's whole high school teachers a whole class will be filled with ted talks tedx talks too um so it's, it's just been something that's gone all over the place it really gives the ability for a local community to feature speakers that are relevant to them. 
mm. and feature thought leaders that are on their way to something big and it helps amplify them. It puts people in a room together if you actually are there the day of, which is an unbelievably awesome experience. These thought leaders may never have met if they didn't attend. Mm. And then you watch a video about changing food crisis in Eastern Africa. And all the comments are people who may even be thought leaders about that. So what we call this is creating impossible encounters. That's what TEDx does. And, and that truly amplifies that. If you can amplify that, which is what the platform does, that's world changing stuff. It's like, I think everyone wants to be surrounded by inspiring ideas and inspiring people, at least in our in our circles, right? Some other people, let's say someone who hasn't heard of TEDx, they're not our, our people who we want to spend more time with. But the people who have heard of it and want to have really meaningful conversations, then those people are going to be in that in that circle and having those types of conversations. So it's like to go look for certain TEDx's that are about a subject that we care about, then we're going to find relevant people uh, who are out to make a difference and change the world who are, you know, out to inspire themselves and, and grow themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. Yeah. It's gold. Okay. I want to talk about marketing now. What, what made your video successful and got, you know, millions of views to these, these different TEDx's? Yeah. Great question. And so we've had five. It used to be four, but one just crossed the mark. So I think there's five. There might even be six because it's a snowball. Five of our videos have crossed the one million view mark, which is really good. And a lot of people, their goal is to become 10,000 or even 100,000. It's quite good. So there's, there's something else I need to add here. So I'm a YouTuber. My channel has 48,000 subscribers, my personal channel. Like if you Google Jake Voorhees in YouTube, you will see it just across 40. It'll be 50,000 some point soon. All right? It grows like a 50 or 100 per day. And I did this to, to create content to help engineers and feature engineers of color and women in engineering, but also to experiment with the platform. Right. Yeah. Like I legitimately I've uploaded 156 videos. And that experience has helped me so much mm. with helping TEDx speakers because it's on YouTube. Mm. So the two things, uh, there's really three, two primary and then one third. The two things that are super important about your TEDx talk and marketing it mm. is what is the title? What is the video title? Because in my time uploading videos to YouTube, it's all about title. Yeah. Because YouTube is a search engine. YouTube is not a social media platform like Facebook or, or Instagram or LinkedIn. It's a search engine. People go to YouTube to say, how do I stop my back pain? Yeah. And if that's the title of your TEDx talk, because you have this chiropractic career and you figured out some good practice within that, they might find your video first and they see the red X and they'll click on it. Yeah. And, and titling alone can create vir virality. We had a speaker, her name is Galit Goldfarb. She did a TED. It's it's the most watched one we've ever had. I don't know if it's over three million. It's pretty close. It's a, it, her her title is uh, what should what's the ideal human diet? Something like this. What should humans eat? Something that gets searched by people who are wanting to be more healthy. So that so that alone, she didn't have any platform, any following like Yvonne Orji, the the star HBO star of Insecure. We had her as a speaker. She had an existing platform. So title alone can surge you, right? Title alone can surge you. And that's unique to YouTube. It doesn't matter as much what your title is on Facebook because they're not going to find that video elsewhere anyways. For ad copy, that's different. The second thing, and again, I would not know this if I did not have the experience YouTubing for a while and deeply investing in me understanding that platform. But 
YouTube has thousands of videos that are uploaded every single day. 150 of those are TEDx talks. Actually, that's how many new videos are done every single day. Wow. YouTube has to decide through an algorithm, is this video good or is this video garbage? And the way they do that intrinsically is they look at all the backlinks behind a video, hmm. right? When somebody releases a video and all of these other websites online are back are linking and embedding that video, YouTube sees that as a good video wow. because you wouldn't do that with a bad video. Right. And the more authority that site has, if you can get your TEDx video featured on Forbes or Fast Company or Entrepreneur, then that also increases in the algorithm. It's more likely to be suggested, right? Mm. So if you have a plan, an influencer plan, when your video is released for tw- the 25 top blogs to who talk about podcasting, JLD is about to come feature you and all these pods say, I'm just envisioning you're talking about podcasting, right? Right. <laughs> right. Like how to create community through podcast, change the world one podcast at a time, whatever yeah. it may be. But if you have a plan to market your video and all of their blogs are embedding your talk, then the algorithm sees that as strength and it boosts them in the recommended section. Mm. Um, <clears throat> those are the two things that people don't know about unless they YouTube for years or I don't know. I, every single organizer I talk to, no one's ever heard of this before. So those are two things that are unique to TEDx and YouTube. Yeah. Everything else. Oh, and, and finally, the, uh, the minor thing is that the platform makes decisions in the first 48 hours. Hmm. So you need to almost have your infrastructure in place that the second it comes out, it's happening. Wow. And you don't really know when it's going to come out. They don't tell you. <laughs> you need to be watching and have this infrastructure in place with your influencers and hmm. You're, if you can have 50 of your entrepreneur friends blasted out to their email list in the first 48, yeah. same thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to gain momentum way sooner and could snowball instantly. I mean, we had a speaker who they crossed him with John Livesay, uh, Better Selling Through Storytelling. His book just came out, actually, not another book. Uh, he's the pitch whisperer. His video went to a million views right away. It was like two or three days. It's nuts. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Thing. So like after it gets to a million views and it has momentum, then it's seen as a like authoritative video with that level of, of viewership, right? Just snowballs. They call it the snowball, just like anything else, the debt snowball. Once mm-hmm. you get rolling and you eliminate that first loan, you apply it to the next loan. Yeah. Or even the business of speaking in general is a snowball because about half of speakers get their gigs from other speakers. So you don't start to get all these until you know you have this Rolodex of speaker friends and organizer friends. Wow. Yeah, YouTube is a snowball. Wow. That's uh, speaking of speakers, uh tell us a little bit more about marketing yourself as a speaker and uh, you know, you could talk about with TEDx like how that helps or just in general marketing yourself as a speaker. What would you recommend there? Yeah, that's a great question. So, we we help a lot of people put out content, thought leadership content and stay omnipresent and relevant and stay top of mind within their industry. So Taylor Conroy is a good example. He's another TEDx trainer guy. I really like him. But he, if you go to Taylor's Instagram or his, it's always him speaking. It's always him speaking about social good uh, projects and, and how you can have the most fulfillment and influence around the world by doing something that changes other people's lives. If you're always putting out this content about you as an, an innovation thought leader, whatever it is you're trying to be framed as, yeah. if you're constantly putting out that content, one of those pieces of content could be your weekly or daily podcast, of course. It's another way to, to stay relevant and gain that authority. So that's the first thing. So we help a lot of people with their social and their blogs and their you know, weekly videos. 
And, and then you, a quick question. Does that help someone get booked? Is that make them more likely to get booked on a stage? Yeah, I think so, for sure. Because they're constantly seeing it and more people, they, they see you as a speaker, especially if you mix in videos of you speaking. And that's usually a strategy. Like, oh, you want to be a paid speaker? Go speak 10 times for free, video every single one right. and put out that content. And now you actually have a speak the the uh, the, the components for a great speaker reel too. Mm. My friend Kevin, he just uh, did a speech for free. I said, wear jacket and video it. <laughs> yep. Even though you didn't get paid, it looks like you did. And the video looks great. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So that's that's a big key. I think you're about to mention something else as far as uh, getting more speaking gigs. Were you going to say something there? Yeah, that's right. So there's a, a guy named Grant Baldwin. He has a big community called the Speaker Lab, which... Mm-hmm is a good community. They have a huge Facebook group. And a question was asked a while back. They said, if you had $10,000 to invest in your speaker business, what would you do? Everybody said speaker reel, speaker video reel. Hmm. Like, oh, I'm glad we're making those. It just shows that people, it's one thing that people hold out on. They don't invest that $2,000 into a great two minute reel of fake or fake or legitimate because right. you can go book a studio and change, do outfit changes. People do this. Yep. There's businesses that exist around that. Yeah. So what we'll do is we'll take people's TEDx talk. And then ideally you have four to six different stages, different outfits with different sound bites. And then you go through and you pick the most powerful moments or the moments that align with where you're headed in your business and your organization right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe you speak about leadership within this one lane, but you're really trying to steer it somewhere else. You would use those sound bites. It's not uncommon to make a new speaker reel every year or so. So that's wow. key. Of course, you need a good press kit and you need a good one pager about your three top keynotes. But that speaker reel books people. Video books people. Mm. And once you have those things, you mentioned about the Rolodex of uh, you know other speakers. When you have these materials, do you send it to other speakers saying, hey, do you know any gigs that would like me? Here's all my info. Send it on. Or how, do you, how would you best utilize those resources? Yeah, that's a great question, too. Not so much sending that out to your speakers, to your speaker friends, because they are going to try to book you because two things. You're most likely referring them to, mm-hmm. just like you. You got some entrepreneurial friends, and you're referring each other, and you just keep doing it because you're helping each other. Right. And it also, conference organizing is kind of the risk management business, if you think about it, Okay. <laughs> So, right. And just like a lot of life and decision making. So if you did 12 hours of research about which laptop you're going to buy, right, there's risk. You might make the wrong choice. But then when your friend walks in, was like, nope, don't buy that one. Buy this other one. You're going to listen to them because it's risky (laughs) to not take advice from a human. At the end of the day, we want advice from a human. So when a speaker who's spoken next to somebody else on stage, like, yeah, man, I could barely go after her because she crushed it. And definitely should book book uh, Stacy right at this conference and they're gonna be like yup because it's too risky to book a speaker that you're unsure about mm-hmm. so the speaker reel is more so to send it to the conference decision makers actually mm-hmm. so you need to figure out their cycle when is their event create a spreadsheet when is their event when do they start their call for speakers who is the point of contact and what is their email that's all you need and you email you say hey are you still booking speakers and they say no get back in touch with us in April mm-hmm. and then get back in Get back in touch with April. They're giving you giving you permission. 
to do it. So that's how it would be. And for all of you who are out there speaking for free all the time, just ask for money. It's as easy as that. Just say, here's the fee. And they'll say, okay. And if they don't have fees, that's okay. But most people are terrified to start Mm -hmm. asking for fees. All you have to do is ask. It's not that hard to get to five and ten thousand dollar keynotes. It's really not. Dude, that's awesome. So, as far as finding these events, um, like paid speaking gigs or just conferences in general, would you recommend just searching like local speaking gigs in Las Vegas, California, um, local events, and whatever the niche is that someone is focused on—health, business, uh, mindset, personal development, different things like that. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, good questions, Chris. What do you do this for a living, man? Maybe. <laughs> so the thing you need to think about is you, you, it's nice to have at least three keynotes, yeah. but what is the first one or what is your primary, right? Yeah. So if you're going to be uh, – in the two biggest topics right now, every organizer I talk to, I ask them, they say – Leadership and innovation, leadership and innovation, right? So if you can be a leadership expert within a certain lane, industry, those are the types of conferences that you should pitch to, not just anything. So you have to think about what type of speaker are you going to be right now? A lot of people are afraid to pigeonhole themselves. No, you got to pick at least one thing. And then within that one thing, have three keynotes, like time management for leaders in some sector. Right. And there are a ton. You would be shocked at how many micro niche conferences there are. Like if all you want to do is speak at real estate conferences for people in one million dollar plus like that, those conferences exist. And so start there. Google Nashville, you know, whatever city you want. Uh, Granted, Nashville. So he's always talking about Nashville. I would do Philly, D.C., Baltimore, New York, the whole eastern seaboard and just find conferences and build that database, build that spreadsheet. There's some tools out there, but I haven't really found an active list because events come and go and contact people change. And the whole getting a speaker agent thing is not really like they want you to already be at the $10,000 fee mark, if not more. Mm. So a lot of people think that they're, oh, if I could just get an agent, like they have paid sales teams that are all really good at what they do. And it's only financially feasible to already have a speaker who basically is, is is getting booked so much that they can't even they handle even it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They just want you to take this. I'll give you 20% of my fees because I can't deal with this inbox. Right. <laughs> agents are for. And they're usually making more money and having more impact doing other things than mm. emailing. And yeah. right, like give that to your agent or in a, hire a full-time assistant. Mm. Yeah. But, Powerful, man. Um, so you you've done these these TEDx events, you've organized some, helped organize them. Um, you also are helping speakers to market themselves effectively. Like you're also serving um, like for cause entrepreneurs, kind of the the uh, humanitarian style yeah. uh, entrepreneurs and, and speakers. So yeah. um, like, how do all of those come together? As far as for you, Jake, like your your mission, your what you're here to give to the world. Like, how does all that that beautiful experience and journey come together to serve the world? Right, great question. So I see it as our mantra is empowering keynote speakers, and we help them share their story so that they can change the world. So if I can help a speaker who is solving something around food deserts in urban communities and disrupting innovation by bringing it to kids with special needs in a different way or something that's really helping people. If I can help them get to where they're trying to go and again, amplify and boost that up and help them get out there more and speak or start taking fees so that they can 
build a bigger team and 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 scale this way. If I can be a part of of that, all these organizations we work with, like Joyce and Waters Life Kenya, then that makes me feel really good. And it's it's a it's a nice intoxicating feeling to watch one of them speak and then do so great. Like Michelle Hope, who just spoke at TEDx Harlem, her listen to how niche this is. It's uh, sexual and reproductive justice within for people of color in urban communities. Mm. That's how, and she gets over. She gets paid well to speak, has a book, and I can help her get that out there because no one else is doing it. There's literally no people of color advocating for for sexual and reproductive justice. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna help her out. <laughs> That's, that's so cool, man. Um, speaker Angel, where did the term Angel come from? I'm curious, how did that come about? Wow. If some of my team were watching this that's at TEDx Wellington, they would be they would think I asked you to say that, but I didn't. <laughs> so during events, this is like, I'm so happy you asked this. So during events, speakers go crazy. They're like, oh, I need some water. Like, I need to go back to the bathroom. They're just they lose their mind before yeah. their call time. And so we literally had a role on the team called the speaker angel wow. and her name is Denise. And she would dress up like a full angel costume, wings, halo, all white. You could not miss her in this room filled with people dressed professionally. You know who the speakers are. They have the face yeah. likes. Yeah. This is big goofy angel with the wings. And she was someone who was their guiding light for whatever they needed to help these speakers succeed. And when last year, when we were rebranding our marketing agency to be all four speakers, yeah. we're going through lots and lots of names. And then we Googled speaker angel and it was available. And I couldn't believe it. And then when GoDaddy <laughs> told me the average wow. uh, cost for a domain, domain name with the word angel in it is 2000 and it was 15 bucks. I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so rad, man! And like yeah. just that that energy of support, you know, hearing that this this woman was there, like dressed up as an angel, just to be there to like bring people some joy, some some lightheartedness, to you know make it more fun, to take the pressure off, and and also to remind them that they're like supported and guided is is beautiful, yeah. man. Yep, that's, that's she was a, and the, you she ran. Had it. Yeah, she had an angelic personality too. And we're trying to carry that on within the branding. Yeah. Be will be a guiding light for speakers, help them with their story and their messaging so that they can change the world. It's yeah. been fun. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier about the YouTube. I want to circle back to that. You start yeah. off with a focus on engineering, kind of just experimenting. Uh, how would you say your mindset around YouTube has evolved um, in how you utilize it as a tool, as a platform over the years? Great. So if so, I find that too few people use it. So mm -hmm. if I find out in your marketing strategy that you are making videos and not using YouTube, I just always tell people how it can be used and how it's different and how you're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table by omitting it. Because I can find somebody's video from 10 years ago mm -hmm. and that video can still be making impact and still be making money, still be helping their nonprofit grow. So I, I just use it. It's like a an encyclopedia, an online video encyclopedia. People go there to ask their questions and solve their problems. And your organization, your business is doing just that. So help yeah. help people see that you need to get on it. And then how they start using it, that's a whole other conversation. You need to be very serious about it. Like there's a whole formula. Consistent. 
Yep. And, and yeah, care, care, care about like uh, Gary V talks about like native, the native language of YouTube. Yeah. Like I've always thought I've always like wanted to just take Facebook videos and upload them onto YouTube. But like that doesn't work. <laughs> it wouldn't work. No, it's a different platform. You know, I mean, you know, you had a really good intro for this show and I've been watching them and YouTube is like that. It's a little different. But if you don't tell people like in this video, I'm going to teach you this and then it cuts away, right? Like if you don't do that in the video, they're gone because they already know. <laughs> they already know. And then the, the other thing that's different about YouTube is like the thumbnail is actually more important than the video. Wow. Yeah. Because if you don't get a click, it's a competitive click environment there on YouTube. If you don't get a click, then you don't get a view. So, so that's a lot of people miss that. They have great content. I'm like, your thumbnails is just you. <laughs> like, if you go to my channel, you look at the thumbnails, like, you know what the video is about. Cause in the four words, I say top five, whatever. So that's key. And catching branded, you want your branding. I used all different colors, but you would want to use like your red branding. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and also, also readable too. Like I think the yes. the best thumbnails have like four, five powerful words that like really describe, catch people's attention. Like a lot of my, uh, you know, the guest images has a lot of words on it. That doesn't work for for YouTube. So that's like an area I could really be more uh, impactful on if I just took a couple minutes for each guest and said, okay, what are the like five? What's the key phrase here that's going to draw people in? Um, I also wanted to ask about that the search search term. Is there any specific tool you use to um, know what people are searching for on, on YouTube? Yeah, everything changed for my channel when I stopped making what I thought I should make and I started asking the internet what people were typing. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> uh, just just Google. There's all types of stuff. Just Google a YouTube keyword search or okay. YouTube. And there's a lot of paid stuff. I can't even remember off the top of my head what the paid ones are. There's like SEMrush is pretty good. But there's a whole bunch of keyword things that really what they do is they just take search volume data and look at the keywords that are typed in. Like how to tie a tie is the most searched how-to type of video online. Wow. So you would not want to do that if you had a bow tie business. You would want to do how to tie uh, this and that. you got to get more specific. Of course, yeah. Specific. Like your sandwich company is not going to make it on YouTube, but maybe if you have lots and lots of stuff about avocado toast and no one else does and they're searching like how to make avocado toast, then those videos will pop. And you got to make the title of the video exactly what that search phrase is. Wow. Yeah. Don't put in words like paradox and stuff that people don't type in. <laughs> you know, the paradox of unhappiness. No. <laughs> I love it. And it's also, like you said, it's a um, search engine. The how-to does really good, right? Because a lot of people are, are searching for that a video demonstration of whatever their pain point is, whatever their problem is, how to build a WordPress site, how to uh, speak at TEDx, you know, and you, you pop up on that, Jake. Like it's it's yeah. really, it's how-to. So you got to you gotta understand what people are searching for. What do they respond to with the thumbnails? This is really, really powerful stuff, man. So I wanted to um, kind of start to wrap up and, and talk about the final takeaways that you want our audience to get, man? What, is, what are the biggest things you want us to get? So just like branding people, like my friend Rich Keller, who's a next-gen speaker, and he's, he's got his personal branding figured out. But like what he, his thing is, what is your one word? My thing for TEDx is, what is your one idea? Mm. What is the central thread in all the things that you've done, your personal story, your origin story? Like, why did you end up doing all this podcasting with people? Like, there's a chain reaction of things that led you here. Yeah. And so what is that one idea that you have that could be your TEDx idea or your next TEDx idea? Some people mm. do multiple. 
Um, and then am I, is it okay to call to action people to give away my TEDx toolkit? 100%. So I'm going to change it. I tried today, but I have a free ebook about how to pitch TEDx. And that's going to become a whole TEDx toolkit, actually. So if anyone wants that, you can go to speakerangel.com slash ebook. And it's 25 or 26 pages. And it's all about the pitch part, how to figure out your idea and how to pitch and that sort of thing. I have some book summaries about TED books and some other speaker content. I just wrote a chapter for someone's TEDx book. That's going to be a part of the toolkit, but I don't have it readily available. You'd have to email me and I can send you the toolkit, jake at speakerangel.com. But yeah, figure out what is your one idea? What is the thing that you represent? And what a lot of our speakers say is that they're so thankful of the TEDx process because it changed their messaging forever. If they boil it down to the simplest message, what is it that you're really doing? What do you represent? Why do you do what you do? And they realize that actually I didn't need 45 minutes. I can do this in a 10 minute keynote because that's the Goldilocks zone. We didn't talk about that. 10 to 12 minutes. But yeah, what is the one thing that you really want to be represented by? What is your one idea? And that's what you should pitch to TEDx so that you can have that idea, go out there and change the world because other people will learn about it. Damn. So I want to I want to go into that Goldilocks part for just a sec because that's that's great. Yeah. But bef- before that, everyone, you heard it. Go to www.speakerangel.com. You can get more info. You can also get that ebook by uh, forward slash ebook at the toolkit. Get the how to pitch effectively. And then also search for Jake Voorhees on uh, social media. J A K E V O O R H E E S. And then I believe you're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Insta at Jake Voor. J A K K-E-V-O-O-R. So definitely connect to this epic human being who's up to big things and empowering people. So Jake, uh, let's talk about that that Goldilocks zone, man. What's that? Yeah. Uh, so this is another thing that's great about interviewing 168 of the speakers. Excuse me. The minute they walked off stage, all the ones that said that did 18 minutes, they regretted it. They said, why did you let me do that? I said, I tried to warn you. And they're like, no, but they try to take their book and put it into 18 yeah. minutes. Yeah. You're 45 and put it into 18 and then Apple released they, – they changed their product release event last year. They had six executives speak in 60 minutes. And everyone was like, oh, wow. And then even Carmine Gallo, who wrote Talk Like Ted, he released some content around it. But the, the research shows brain scientists will tell you that we have this hard stop at 10 minutes. Like it's got to be a really good book, movie, <laughs> speaker, whatever. It's got to be really, really good, yeah. filled with storytelling. To keep you for over 10 minutes so we find that 10 to 12 is we call it the goldilocks zone there's lots of events including some of ours that you, you invite a speaker and we say you're invited to give a 10 minute talk and that's it wow. and we don't let them go over that oh my gosh but we need 13 no you don't flash <laughs> <laughs> that extra story <laughs> Wow. And, and it's like if you go beyond that, it's you're convoluting it. You're giving too much fluff. You're you're trying to give too much data that the mind can't even process. Like what are the three, you know, supporting things that that three pillars? It's all you need. Right. You don't need 17. You need three, maybe two, maybe even one. You know, like I don't I don't know. Yeah. Three. Three is a good really like three. Three is good. <laughs> three and then some research that backs them up. Like Simon Sinek's is the best example because everyone gets it because everyone's seen it. And his three pillars was the Wright brothers, Martin Luther King's messaging, and Apple. And then it all was supported by brain science. That was why it was so good. It's not foo-foo and, and just a theoretical. It's actually supported by science. That's why his talk went viral. 
because everybody could get it. Super great speaker. He didn't talk about himself at all, too, by the way. Not his story or what wow. he did. Not one bit. Dang. Nobody knows what he's done before that talk because he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it changed his life after that. Dang. That's that's incredible, man. Jake, this has been epic. So, again, people connect with this epic human being, Jake Voorhees, at www.speakerangel.com. And, again, the usernames are at Jake Voor, J-A-K-E-B-O-O-R. And, Jake, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate you, man. You're a legend. Thank you, Thank you Chris. You're awesome. really appreciate your time, man. Thank you. All right. We'll see you soon, okay? See you later. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self. Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.EmployeeEscapePlan.com com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.